0: Thank you, choir, for that number. That was a blessing. And uh, I believe they did a wonderful job on that. For their number is few, their voice is great. Children's Church. Children's Church. All for Children's Church, just follow Brother Bill. Well, it's my privilege to be here again today, I uh, hadn't expected to be back, of course, I don't really expect too far in the future about anything, but um, God's will will be done and I thank the Lord for it. Pray for our pastor, uh, he's recovering, but he's still not quite there yet, as our teacher said, and uh, not only our pastor, but others in the church has been sick, Uh, several uh, I hear of and pray for, and I think of Pops and his wife and how we miss them uh, and others. Uh, So keep them in prayer, if you will. I had um, thought at first when I was asked to speak to continue uh, on the subject that I preached on last week, and if you were here, you know that was the Holy Spirit. I truly could preach on that subject, I suppose, the rest of my life, and not near touch the beginning of what God has for us. But God moved on my heart in a different way, and um, all the prayer requests that were made here today. And the constant need of prayer uh, in our lives and for our loved ones and uh, for our country. Our country today needs our prayers very desperately. God's burdened my heart for that. In fact, I wore my subject on my tie in case you didn't notice. It's a tie was given to me when I was in Florida by a dear brother who's with the Lord today. Uh, But... uh, it is praying hands. So I'm going to be speaking today about prayer and in particular about how Christians ought to pray. Uh, You know there's different kinds of prayers. There's prayers when tragedy hits and we just cry out oh God and other times when we have no words to express the, the burden and the sorrow in our hearts and This is one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit that we didn't cover, uh, but it's in Romans chapter 8. You can read about how that we're in that state sometimes when words fail us, but our hearts are heavy and we just cry out, Oh God, oh God. And then the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, is able to take those heartaches and those requests and those Desires that we have on our hearts and lay them at the altar there in heaven. We, the blessed Holy Spirit is, is a great comforter, as he's called in scripture. And, and again, I could easily uh, continue preaching on that today. But I want to invite your attention to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, chapter number 9. If you're familiar with your Bible, you know that this is one of the key prophecy verses of all the Bible but I'm not going to be speaking on prophecy I'm going to be speaking on prayer today and I want to use the example of prayer that were given by Daniel in this chapter and so if you have your Bibles you can be turning there and I like to begin in verse number one though our message actually begins in verse three but in verse 1, it says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood the books, and a and number of years, I trust you found that, whereof the word of the Lord came... To Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years and the desolation of Jerusalem. Now, verse 3 And I set my face unto the Lord God, to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloths and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercies to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have come and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled, even by the departing from the precepts and from the judgments, or thy judgments. uh, Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee. But unto us confusion of, of faces, as it is at this day, to the, to, the, uh, to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of the Jerusalem, of Jerusalem and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off uh, through the, uh, all the countries which thou hast driven them because of their trespasses that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belongs mercy, mercies and forgiveness, uh, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we uh, obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his ways which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel has, have transgressed thy law, even uh, by departing that they might not obey the voice thereof, the, cause is pour, uh, the, the curse is poured out upon us, and the oath that is within uh, the law of Moses, the servant of God because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us and against our judges that judged, uh, or that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole uh, heaven hath not, even, uh, hath, hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written... In the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us, uh, yet may we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the, uh, the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is uh, righteous in all his works, which he hath, uh, which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, that hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt uh, with a mighty hand, and has gotten uh, th- uh, the renown as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and and thy people are become a reproach. Now therefore, O Lord, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, decline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name for we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And we pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord. For this time that we can come to thee knowing that you are a God who hears and answers prayer and that you've commanded that we do this praying and make it a certain type of prayer and different types of prayer. Lord, help us to utilize every opportunity and to seek your face and your comfort and your fellowship in our prayers. Bless now this message this morning. Let it be a help and encouragement to each of us who are here with us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Here, let me give you a little background of this passage. You know it's a great prophetic chapter, but we're not going to get into that. That's the answer to this prayer. I want us to think about the prayer itself and how he prayed. Daniel here uh, is a... uh, Student of the Word of God. We know that. He knew from Jeremiah's writings uh, that it would be 70 years of prophecy. So he's praying in line with the Word of God. That's important for us to do. When you pray, make sure you're praying according to God's will, or else you're not going to have your prayers answered. You're just not going to get any higher than the ceilings, as they say. Uh, But he knew the Bible. In verse 2, it talks about the books, uh, different books that he had, the books of Moses, the Pentateuch, as we call it, the the Judges, the history of the kings there in verse 9. Daniel knows the scriptures. He doesn't mention uh, Cyrus here in this prayer, though he does three different times uh, in this uh, context. And uh, he, he... he is a man who knows his Bible. Daniel prayed that God would have mercy on Israel and the, and the people, Israel and the temple. Now his prayer, uh, Daniel was a man greatly beloved. We know that from scripture. So he was a man who walked with God and was a, a, a servant of the Lord. We first read about him when he was a teenager. Some of you young men here in the service and this young lady sitting on the front row, perhaps no older than you, he was taken by uh, in captivity by Babylon. And he spent there his practically all his life, though the captivity is about the very end of it, and now the fulfillment of the prophecy is about to take place. So keep that in mind as he's praying uh, this prayer. Uh, He was a a man who prayed uh, for his people, for his nation. As I mentioned before, we need uh, people today, people of God and churches of God that will lift up our country in prayer. You know, our country has fallen quite a bit. Back in the early days of this country, uh, the uh, uh, pastors and the politicians in that day uh, on several occasions, would call for a day of prayer, a day of fasting, and a day of repentance. And and, and here in America, now listen, here's the history. At least 16 times our Continental Congress uh, set aside days for fasting and prayer and repentance. Our country's gone a long way from that. The day they've outlawed the Bible and, the, and, the, and God and the testimony of God in our public society, uh, you refrain from practicing your faith. Uh, it doesn't mean you're restricted because just though they, they put restraints on you doesn't mean that they can close your mouth uh, and certainly not your heart. And no way can they interrupt your prayers. When they uh, outlawed prayer in the schools, uh, I used to tell, I was pastoring during that time, and I I tell our folks, listen, they can have a law that you cannot stand up perhaps and lead a class in prayer, but they cannot stop you from praying. Your prayer should come from your heart to God, and they cannot stop that. And uh, this is a a prayer here that uh, begins... Uh, and ask for a time of revival. There, God's going to answer this prayer and take the people back to their, ho- their, their homeland there in, in uh, Judea. And uh, he's going to take them back and they're going to be able to rebuild this, uh, the walls of the city and the, and the town and, and, and have a great ministry. This kind of prayer is the kind of prayer that will cause Revival. Uh, Back in the history of our country, uh, they had great revival days, uh, and and many of them came after and during the time of our country taking a stand and believing God and standing for God. We were founded uh, by a group of people who were Christians and believed God, and they put it into many of the writings of our history that they haven't already changed. Uh, trouble is with paper it'll hold still for anything and and they are changing stuff to where it's hard to know the truth today but uh, this kind of praying and they can't stop your praying, this kind of praying will uh, bring revival it'll bring revival to a person's life when you pray like Daniel prayed here, and we're going to look at this prayer in detail and and, uh, and hopefully from this you and I. When a preacher does this, he reminds us three pointing back this way. And this message this morning is not just for you, it's for me as well. And and prayer is something that's so important. We need to constantly be reminded of the need of prayer and how to pray. And and different kinds of prayer. Some prayers, as I say, are instantaneous. As a child of God, when when desperation comes, you by nature cry out to God. Even lost people, by the way, will do that. Uh, they don't know God, but they're wanting to know him in a way uh, to get their prayers answered. But now, uh, how did Daniel pray? Uh, let's just look at these verses, in particular, in verse 3 and started. First of all, we notice he, he began by setting his face toward the Lord. This, this is a very powerful uh, movement. He's focused. He's got his mind centered on God. He, he, he didn't pray uh, with uh, a, a flippant attitude. Uh, we're taught in the Bible to, to, to pray always. Pray without ceasing, it says. By the way, uh, you may know not know it. You might think that the verse over in John eleven, Jesus uh, saves, or uh, is um, the shortest uh, verse, but is not. And the Greek gets this verse here: "Pray without ceasing." It's a it's a short message, but it's an encouragement. And Daniel was praying; his heart was set, his heart was set, and his his eyes were set toward God. He prayed by fasting, it says, here in verse 3. Fasting is mentioned some 31 times in the scriptures. And, uh, and he prayed uh, in a sense that this fasting was to show humility. He was humbling himself as he came to God. He was getting uh, his, his attention by uh, his spiritual attitude. Of things, Knowing God uh, is in your prayers, uh, having your heart set on him. When you go to pray, uh, make sure you're praying to God and you have God in your focus. He prayed not only with fasting, but with sackcloth and ashes. This is something that you don't see practiced today, but in that day and in Bible days up into the New Testament, uh, they would sh- prayer and, and uh, give offering uh, a request unto God by sackcloth and ashes. This shows a mourning attitude. It shows a repentant heart. It shows a, a humility. And, and the, uh, the ashes here uh, again speak of uh, they're humbling themselves before God. Not showing their own beauty or their own glory, but showing the pleasures of God, seeking God's pleasures. They prayed to to God by name. Notice in verse 3 and 4, he prays to God by name, the Lord God. Verse 4, I prayed unto the Lord my God. He prayed to him by name. The name in the Hebrew here would have been Adonai. Adonai is just one of the many names of God that we find in the Old Testament, and each name denotes a characteristic or a teaching concerning God. Adonai itself means master or Lord, and it's acknowledging God's sovereign right, his kingship, his creatorship, that's what he's crying out from his heart. He's recognizing God and who he is. He's humbling himself in the presence of God. And now he's he's going on to uh, use this name that uh, calls him uh, his sovereignty and his kingship and his creatorship uh, in, in, in mind. He prayed to the God uh, as Jehovah. If you notice there in your Bibles, in, in verse 4, he says, I prayed unto the Lord. That word Lord, if you notice in your Bible, is all caps. There's a reason for that. The translators put that in to denote this is when the, the, the name Jehovah appears. And, and it appears oftentimes, in fact, over 6,500 times uh, in your Bibles. You'll find it often, sometimes you won't realize it, that it's all capitals. But that's the difference uh, when it has that uh, word Lord in all capitals. His name here, this is his uh, fatherly uh, name, his father's personal name, Lord. Now he prayed to God as the great and and the uh, dreadful. That sounds different, doesn't it, in verse 4. The great and dreadful, the uh, meaning the all-powerful, the sovereign one, the one who's over the universe. As we say, the God of God and the Lord of lords. It is uh, no light matter. Now remember, when you go to God, you're serious about some uh, uh, great thing. Great need you have or, or a decision you need to make. You you use this method of prayer. Daniel used it, and it, he was successful. In fact, we, we don't read it in our text here, but it's, you follow along, it says that when he prayed, God sent the message. They didn't get it that moment, but God sent it that moment. God hears and answers our prayers, folks. Don't ever doubt that. But he, uh, he did this not in a light matter. And, and you shouldn't come, in a, as I said, in just a flippant way. He prayed to God who keeps covenants and mercies. Covenant is a word that uh, is in the Bible some 270 or 80 times. And uh, in the Old Testament, uh, there are some six covenants beginning with Adam and Eve and going all the way down to Jacob. Six different times God made covenants. In the New Testament, we have the New Testament covenant that's between Christ and his believers. Uh, A covenant is, uh, today we use the word contract uh, very often, and it's a similar meaning to the word contract. It's it's not the way of salvation. These covenants were not different ways of salvation, as some would have you believe. But this is the evidence of salvation. Turn for a moment over to 1 John, if you would please, to chapter 2. And look with me as I read verse 3 through 5. 1 John 2, 3 through 5. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the one is the is the love excuse me, is the love of God perfected uh, hereby know we that we are in him. Know we. Our Sunday school teacher caught on this a little bit about knowing that we're Christians. Uh, If you you like a good study on that, get the book of 1 John. That's the book that tells you in chapter 5, verse 13, that these things are written unto you that believe on the name of of the Son of God that you might know, know that you have eternal life. You don't have to doubt it. And and, and certainly... uh, Daniel didn't doubt it. Daniel knew that this was a, a God who kept the covenants and his mercies, and uh, we see it again and again. This is not a way again of salvation but a way of a proof of salvation. He prayed to God for uh, excuse me I, I can't read these hieroglyphics. Uh, this, this trail is about four days old, and for a, an old dog like me to run a trail four days old is a little hard, but, but here's what I'm trying to say. He prayed uh, God, and tells us that God desires man's love. Did you know that? The first commandment tells you that, to love the Lord thy God. He created man for love. He, he fellowship with man in the cool of the evening. He would walk with Adam there in the garden before the fall. Uh, when he did not, uh, or rather, uh, when people do not love God, when they disobey God, when they, uh, he says if, if you want to prove you're a child of God, you obey him. And the fact is when you don't obey him, then you are saying you don't love God and he wants to love you. He created you for love. He created the, uh, the Israelite nation for love and over and over again they would break his heart as they would go their way. He prayed, now notice there in verse 4 and he says it again throughout this prayer. He says, my God, my God, I prayed unto the Lord my God. Think about that a minute. Not to just God; He's God, whether you you know it or believe Him or not. But when you accept Him, He becomes my God. The, the shepherd, uh, Daniel, or rather David, in the in the book of Psalms, in verse 20, uh, chapter twenty three, verse one. You know, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, there's no doubt. It doesn't say the Lord is a good shepherd. He was. It didn't say the Lord is a great shepherd. He was. But he says the Lord is my shepherd. Think a moment. My shepherd. When I did funerals back when I was pastoring. I did a lot of funerals. Too many every time, like Christ told Jerusalem and he wept because of the dead. At Lazarus' uh, resurrection from the dead, he wept. It didn't have to be. Sin brought death. Sin, when accomplished, brings death today. But he says, My God, like Paul. Who said, "I know whom I believe"? David, excuse me, Daniel knew who God was. He was His God, my God. He he uh, uh, prayed with fervor. As another word we don't use very much, we should read it, use it more. If you read James uh, chapter five, verse sixteen, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, this was a fervent prayer. He prayed with fervency. He prayed with a heart on fire for God. Emotions won't get you much other than tears. But let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with having a few emotions. Emotions show sometimes a person is sincere. Dave uh, Daniel here was sincere. He wasn't very. He was very thoughtful about this prayer. He wasn't going to waste this opportunity. He prayed with fervor. He prayed in confession, beginning in verse five, going all the way down through verse fifteen. And confessing, listen to it. We'll go through a few verses. Verse five: We have sinned, and have committed iniquity, and done wickedly, and have rebelled, even by uh, departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. He he was concerned enough that he prayed. Fervently, and he began to confess their sins. The word sin means to miss the mark or to go astray. He uses the word iniquity. That is, to, it means to be cho- uh, be crooked or to pervert God's teachings. Is to be in, in, in a, a person who is iniquity, wickedly is to be wrong, to violate. They're guilty of this. Rebelled it is always translated rebel or, or, or rebellion. They were He was confessing their sins. All these things are sins, and that's what sins is made up of. They mock God's messengers. We see in verse 16, Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets. We know the history of Israel. We know how God continually would send them prophets and raise up prophets. And in the time of judges, the judges, and and try to get them to turn away from their rebellion, from their wickedness, from their iniquities, and turn back to God. Or they would for a little while but then it goes the other way. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar with your personal life? They mock God's messengers, and they turn their ears and their, uh, from God. And we wouldn't listen to them. Daniel acknowledges that God is is righteous in his judgments. Verses 7 and 8 tells us how the... Uh, uh, It says here that the Lord righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces. That means embarrassment. That means their face was red aglow with the embarrassment of their disobedience and their turning their back on God and not listening to God. Both... Jacob and Israel, both the northern and the southern, uh, sinned against God. Both the father and the son, in verse 8, sinned against God. But thank God, verse 9 follows, to the Lord God belongeth mercies and forgiveness. Now he's in prayer during all this time. This is a prayer that he's praying. He begins by... Uh, setting the stage, so to speak, but then he begins uh, next with confession of their sins. Daniel acknowledged that God is righteous in His judgments. He is a God who is full of mercies, and we find in verse ten through thirteen that the, the judgment was the fulfillment of God's law of uh, uh, the fulfillment of His law. He told them not to do it, and so they did, and they were judged for it. And it was a confirmation, of making sure, or like we say sometimes, nailing it down, that God's word is not going to change. God has a rule. God has a way. His words is divinely inspired. They're established forever those who won't bow their knee to Christ here the bible tells us they will one day israel had not turned from their iniquities they kept on in their sin verse 13 judgment was in, this judgment of god was was sent and the chastisement of god today on us is sent in love to get us to turn around to get us to repent did us to return to the ways of God. He doesn't send it in order to uh, hurt you or punish you. Judgment is intended to bring you back to God, but she didn't repent. God watched upon the evil, it says in verse 14. Think of that. God watched upon the evil. When you when when they as well disobey God and do wickedly and, and go against the teaching of God, turn your ears away from God, your eyes away from God, he's watching you. Today, he's watching you. The Holy Spirit of God to we that are saved indwells us. We can't separate him. He knows our every being. He knows where every thought. Daniel's confessing this before the Lord. He's he's laying these things out before God. He didn't hesitate. He just bore it out. It says that uh, he interceded for God's sake. Isn't that strange? He prayed for God's sake. Notice in verse 17. It says, Now therefore our God, hear our prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. I read that verse and I thought, "Boy, that's strange. Uh, What's that mean? It simply means this, and it's simple. These, you know, Bible truths are not hard to find out. We we learned last week by the Holy Spirit, His ministry, is to teach us all things and call all things our remembrance. And we get our heart right with God, and we get get focused on God. We humble ourselves before Him. And don't try to misrepresent it, but just tell it as it is. God knows it. But what he wants you to do is to bring it out so you'll know it, so you'll realize it. You might be going through it and not even know it. But God knows it, and he wants you to know it, and he watches you. And and these things are done for his sake. You see, we are God's children. He's left us in this world to be his testimony and his witness. Daniel was in this same position. Daniel knew this, this terrible judgment that had fallen upon Israel like no other country in the history of man. They were taken and put into slavery and into, into captivity for 70 years. Seventy years. You'd think I'd have learned something from all those years in Egypt that they knew their forefathers stayed in. But they they are here and they are humbled before God. And God sees it. And God says, For my sake, because by my mercy, I'm going to make a difference in this. And your heart and your life. Things happen that you don't understand. Things happen, particularly as you get older. Prayer becomes a more precious thing. When I pastored the seniors that were in my uh, services, I would always encourage them to be prayerful, to remember the, the things we request in prayer. We announce it here but I know these young people up here whoosh, in this here and out the other but not just young people other people who are busy and working and so forth and 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 uh, the things and the cares of the world your responsibility uh, we mentioned a prayer request you really make a, a, a determination you're going to pray for this but not long but you know what about seniors? Seniors pray; they get a hold of the hand of God, and they make some, they make some decisions that help we who are weaker in the faith. As I get older, I realize Daniel here is not a young man. At this stage of life, Daniel is oh, about eighty or ninety years old. About where I'm at. I'm halfway between the eighty and ninety. About that that age, a lot of life experience. Daniel came here as a slave, as uh, as a, a captive. God moved on his heart. He took a stand. You know, when we were young people like these, we used to say, dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, dare to have a purpose, and dare to make it known. You know, that's the way it is. Boy, what a man this man was. But he poured his heart out. Now we get down. And I know I'm, my time is gone, so let me speed up here. Daniel prayed for boldness. Verse 19 Oh Lord, hear. Now listen how commanding his voice is here. Oh Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, hearken and do do defer not. That that doesn't sound like a submissive, humble person. You know what gave Daniel the right to do this and the right for you to go boldly before the throne of faith? as we're told in Hebrews, that we can go boldly. Daniel was bold here. Do this. Don't forget. Don't, don't let us hear. He knew the scriptures. He knew the promises of God. He knew that he could stand upon what God had promised and God's a God of covenants and and God's a God of promises and mercies and he doesn't forget. And when his purpose is accomplished, we see things working out. You get on the other side, you look back and say, boy, how good God was. How constant his hand was on me never left me, always there. Our time is gone, so please do this. Stand with me, please. I want you to, you know, a preacher does this sometimes because he can't come to you personally, but I can ask you to do this if you just bow your heads and close your eyes. When you do that, I'm able to speak to you one-on-one. And I'm not trying to scold or condemn or, or ridicule or anything like that. Daniel didn't have that attitude. Daniel was a humble person. That's what I want to be. He was wanting to be submissive to God, and yet there was a burden and there was a need you with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, each and every one of you have a need. The greatest need that man ever has is a need of salvation. The only way that salvation comes to you, we know it was paid for by Christ on the cross, but to get that into your heart comes by prayer. Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You're here today without Christ. There's a need in your life for salvation. And you can simply pray uh, pray and know that God is a God who hears and answers our prayer. He's a God of truth and faithfulness and righteousness and goodness. He so much loved you. The Bible says that God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever, that means you, that you can be saved by simply calling out with a repentive heart and asking God to forgive you for your sins and to save you. You that are here that are saved, which is the majority, I'm sure. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I pray God makes very visible to you needs that are in your life. Some may be small, some may be great, some material, some financial, some uh, uh, health-wise. God knows what it is. You know what your heart's burdened about. Why not just take it to the Lord, but do it in the right way? Don't go pr- bo- boastfully or proud in asking God to do things that, that's not based in Scripture. You can't be bold unless God said it. But with a humble heart, you can go to God and plead that, that he would give you your request or show you the better part of what that is for. We don't always get what we ask for, and thank God we don't. I've lived enough years to know that there are some things I prayed for. Thank God he said no. But God is loving And God loves you. He made man to love him. And he loves man. He loves you today. We're going to sing an invitation number while you're standing there. You can take a songbook and turn to number 17 as a brother comes and leaves.